The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by CWB Board Company. CWB Board Company has one of the industry's deepest and most diverse teams of pro riders representing both boat and wake park and have a full line of products for anybody beginner to pro. Check out RideCWB.com for an extensive look at the entire line of CWB gear, team, dealers, and support. While you're there, have a look at today's guest signature 2017 Dowdy board, available now at Dealers Worldwide. So you heard it right there, Mike Dowdy is my second guest of the year on the Golden Mike podcast. He was my first guest ever. Uh, well, gosh, almost four years ago now. So I was really excited to have him back, especially after his pretty rockin' good season, taking that big win, of course, uh, overall in the WWA's Wakeboard World Series, uh, sprinkled with some other big wins, which, of course, we'll uh, talk about in the podcast, plus a whole lot more. Well, if you guys don't know Mike, well, then let me tell you. You know, he's a young man with some strong opinions, and he's a guy who's not afraid to say what's on his mind. I've known Mike a long time, I can tell you, he's a great dude, but, you know, he's got a lot of intensity, and he's a dude that, when his mind is set, his goals will be achieved, no matter how hard he has to work at it. Mike didn't hold back on this one, and I think we ended up with a really good conversation, and that's going to be coming up here real shortly, but before we get into that, I want to remind you all, the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly online at noiseinthenorth.com, and now we are available on SoundCloud. That's right, you guys can also find us on iTunes. We've got each and every episode up there. Be sure to search the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone. Hit the subscribe button after you do that. Click the middle button right there. Rate and review the show. I love to hear what you guys have to say about us. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belt, Leadwake, and CWB Board Company. Follow me on social media, Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. 
Be sure to like the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook, and you guys can always reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. So let them rip. Well, let's get on to today's audio montage recorded at the final stop of the 2016 Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Have a listen to all the winners, pro riders, and legends on hand, and then I'll be back with Dirty Mike Dowdy right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Keith Lyman. We're here at the final stop of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. My name's Jake Hill. I'm from Tiffin, Georgia. Uh, I'm 16 years old, and I won the Advanced Division. What up, guys? My name's Gray Lyles from Wilton, North Carolina. I'm 14 years old, and this is my third first place finish in the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Colby Cross, 14 years old, from Lake Norman, North Carolina, and I just won the final stop of Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. I'd like to thank Performance for putting the event on in Icy Lake Surf Shop in Cornelius, North Carolina. Garen Shapiro. It's pretty interesting watching uh, you know, my little eight-year-old love wakeboarding because very easily he could be in a lot of other things that he enjoys, but the fact that his heart's in this is pretty awesome. Hey, I'm Keaton Shapiro. I'm eight years old, and I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I just won the fourth stop of Gravel Tour. Hi, my name is Javi Alea. I'm 10 years old, and I just won the finals in Grand Pro. Hey, guys, it's Sofia Mendez. I'm 13 years old from West Palm Beach, Florida. Just had my third win here at the Gravel Tour. Thank you so much, Bill Porter, for putting this amazing event, and I had so much fun. I'm Tyler Worrell, 14 years old from Claremont, Florida, and I just took my second win at the Gravel Tour of the season. I'm super stoked. Hey, guys, it's Joey Gallagher. I'm 15 years old from Deerfield Beach, Florida. I'm pumped to take my first win in the Outlaw Division at the Performance Gravel Tour. It's an awesome time, and I'm glad I got to meet Brad today. We had a great time. Hi, I'm Allison Lavrak from Lake Forest, North Carolina. I'm eight years old, and I just won the Grom Girls Division at the final stop of the Gravel Tour. Hi, I'm Holly Waldrop. I'm 13 years old. I live in Orlando, Florida, over on Lake Holden, and I got first place in the junior women. I had uh, so much fun. Jake Palat. Yeah, it was unreal. You know, a lot of the guys in Outlaw Division are throwing down, and everybody from the Novice Division and all the little groms, it's awesome to see. Danny Harf. Yeah, it's awesome. These guys are ripping, you know, it's just super fun to come, come back where it all started for me and support these guys coming up through the ranks, so... Definitely uh, pumped to be here, and thanks to Bill Porter for putting this all on. B-Rad Definitely good to be back here and watching all the young riders ripping it up, and, you know, that riding level is definitely stepping it up. Some of those runs, you know, pro tour quality. You know, I can't say enough how stoked I am to be here. Back on the mic with you, Dano. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, what up? Performance and Nautique team athlete Megan Ethel here. I can't believe that the Gravel Tour is coming to an end for this season. It's really cool to see all the girls out there progressing and pushing it. Fun year. Trevor Hansen. Man, it's pretty cool. These uh, these Gravel Tour stops are what I grew up riding in, and it's pretty cool to be able to you know be here 15, 20 years later and uh, watching my little girl ride for the first time. Pretty cool. Hey, what's up? I'm Emily Copeland-Durham, the last stop of the Gravel Tour, and I am so excited not only to watch all these little kids and groms killing it out there, but my daughter following in her mama's footsteps 
riding for her first time in a competition. So fun to watch these girls. She's walking away with a medal and a smile on her face, and it's been so much fun to be out here. Hey, everyone. Sean Murray here. I'm out at the final stop for the 2016 Gravel Tour Series put on by Bill Porter and his performance ski and surf crew. What an awesome event we get to be part of, and uh, to have my daughters out there riding, competing, having a fun time really makes it come full circle. So awesome event hope to see you out here guys i'm standing here with the owner and founder of the performance ski and surf gravel tour bill porter honestly just watching the progression of all the riding uh it's simply amazing you watch these kids and the new crop of kids uh, the pros kids especially has come out it's been really cool and this event last event was super special having brad smaley here that's you know i was honored to have him come announce his first event back here in the states and just a magical day so we're looking forward to the overall awards tonight and we'll see you next year 2017 gravel tour lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wake boarders in mind lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around you can buy lead wake bags in multiple sizes you can find out more online at leadwake.com that's l-e-a-d-w-a-k-e.com SeaDeck Non-Skid Closed-Cell EVA products offer safe and comfortable alternatives to molded-in non-skid paint-on textures and other marine traction products. Employee-owned and made in the USA, SeaDeck is UV-protected, non-absorbent foam, and features an innovative textured micro-dot surface for enhanced non-slip characteristics. SeaDeck offers hundreds of standard patterns for anything from kayaks and paddleboards to fishing boats, wake boats, and just about anything you can think of. Looking for something a bit more custom? SeaDeck can facilitate just about any idea you can think of. Check out SeaDeck.com for more info on everything SeaDeck. Again, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Presented by SeaDeck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Dirty D, appreciate it, bro. Uh, second timer. Yeah, the second time on the podcast. Yeah, but obviously I see you at contests and events and stuff like that, but uh, since the last time we recorded, and man, a, a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff, and uh, first, just congratulations yeah, on thanks. a thanks. big, big summer. Yeah. Big, well, a few big summers. You've been mm-hmm. doing pretty well since the, uh, the, the last time we recorded. Yeah, definitely. It's been a uh, it's been a crazy ride, but uh, it's definitely been a learning experience and just trying to make the most of uh, of every opportunity I have. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of good times. If you don't mind, let's uh, go down the line. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here in your house, um, <laughs> looking at your trophies, so you can kind of cheat right here if you want. I see, yeah. I see a lot of first, seconds, and thirds. So yeah. uh, let's let's break it down. Twenty six. We'll start with twenty sixteen. What uh, what did you do? Yeah, so 2016 was a was a big year for me. Um I mean, there's there's so many things that happened. Um yeah, I won the Masters, which is I've said in multiple different um articles that winning the Masters is um you know, something that would be one of my highest honors. So uh to do that this year was was really crazy and uh I ended up winning the Pro Tour and the Wakeboard World Series as well. So, uh, it was a pretty all-out year for sure. Um it was cool. Um 
you know, on, on the the Wakeboard World Series, we traveled around the world. Uh, hey, our our first class upgrades from Korea. Yeah, that was great. That, that was, was that was unreal. <laughs> I talk about it on the podcast a lot. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, that was great. We were sweating that we weren't going to get those, right? Yeah, because I was only gold, and I think you were maybe silver or something, <laughs> and that just is unheard of. But yeah, it happened. Yeah, we got it. So you, you didn't get first place at like every contest, but you took no. the overall. Like, I know that I had the opportunity to chat with you in Korea for a few moments. You took second place there. You were bummed. Mm-hmm. What what makes events different for, for you? Like, what what, yeah. what makes an event more important than another? Well, it's all about performance for me. You know, I don't really show up to events to win or to... Um to outshine other people I just show up with a game plan and I want to execute that game plan so um, like you said in Korea I had a decently good performance and one that I thought was you know worthy of the win and I lost by like half a point or something so you know to have that um, happen is you know kind of frustrating to where in the Dominican Republic I really didn't perform at you know my highest level so the result is a result so um, it just kind of changes you know it, it blow it goes with the wind um, you know but I'm always focusing on performance, and that's uh, really what I go to those events to do. It's not about anyone else. It's not about, um, you know, anyone else's game plan. I just focus on me, and I remember all my hard work and everything and, you know, just stick to my game plan. Yeah, man. Well, uh, again, congrats on a, a great year. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, as we move forward, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get a even bigger year in 2017, right? Yeah, that's the plan. But I know you mentioned that you haven't been able to ride, so what's been going on? Uh, yeah, I got um, surgery on a deviated septum, and for the past two years, I've had like sinus allergy problems. I haven't been able to breathe out of my nose. Um, so yeah, I ended up doing the surgery when the season ended, and uh, I'm quickly approaching um, the recovery window for you know what it took to recover for the for the surgery. And um, yeah, so after the first of the year, I'll be able to get back on the board and and do everything like that and get back to training. So I'm really looking forward to that. But um, it was a good thing. Like I, I definitely needed the surgery and I took a major, you know, step in, uh, you know, making sure my health is up to par, which is uh, first and foremost always. So it was a, it was a good thing. And it's been a little bit slow with the not being able to do any exercise, but uh, you know, that's coming to an end here shortly. So kind of a forced uh, vacation or a forced break, but not the not the worst thing, right? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, this year was crazy with how much we traveled and competed and, um, you know, the stress of just trying to stay at the top. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say that the vacation was, was needed and um, my body could tell it was needed too. So it's been nice to relax, but I'm ready to get back at it. The contest scene, did you... You probably went to every contest from every, you know, manufacturer and everybody who's putting contests on this summer. Um, I want to I want to hear, you know, some of your highs and lows, like what 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 you liked, what you didn't like. Um, yeah. So Wake Open was the first event of the year. Um, that was really cool. Um, I did a lot of work over that off this last off season and doing a lot of work now on my mental game. And so to be able to come in um, to the season at Wake Open and get second, which was my best finish I had had to date pretty much um, besides one other win. Um, I knew it was going to be a good year, and so I was able to do a lot of work. And um, yeah, the contests were great. Um, I traveled all over the world. You know, it's nothing. That's not something twenty-two-year-old kids really get to do. So uh, it, it was cool. But I definitely think there's room for improvement on the contest scene. I know we were talking off mic a little bit about you know what we can you know do better, and 
I think there's a lot of work, and I think there's a lot of guys that have good ideas, and um, I think we're failing to bring the good ideas forward. So I think we're definitely going to see a uh, a shift in the way the contests are run for sure. Like what 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 do you want to see happen personally? Yeah, well, I'm working on an event right now with Chris Bischoff, and that's going to go on 2018. Um, and I don't want to really give too many details away right now, but I think the idea that we really need to start embracing is two things. I think one. Um, we need to start looking at competition between the companies as something that helps the companies grow. Um, and I think secondly, we need to shrink the amount of vents and build them taller. Um, it, it, wakeboarding almost reminds me of a company like a clothing company that has too many SKUs and their focus is too wide and they don't have enough. Um, they have too much going on and they can't keep track of everything. I think we need to shrink the focus and build upward um, more festival-style events, live music, booze. I don't think wakeboarding is big enough right now to um, have three and four and five days events like the PGA Tour and have all these people come out. It's just not as exciting, and I don't think that we're it's marketed that way. And uh, I think doing festival-style events is and you know kind of riding the coattails of people who are bigger and have bigger reaches um, is going to be the way that uh, wakeboarding needs to go for sure. You know, I'm obviously I'm a guy who likes to work, so I'm there whether it's a four hour day, eight hour day, or twelve hour day. I'm going to do my job, but yeah, like on on my side of things, I feel like I could keep my excitement up a little bit more and maybe lose my voice a little bit less if yeah. you know if it was you know a four hour you yeah. know, super final of some sort. Yeah, you know? I think I think as far as on the pro scene. Um there's a lot of stagnation in our sport to where people are are losing their excitement and they're losing their fuel to I mean I just won both the both the biggest pro professional series tours that there is and you know there's not really much like to say about you know me doing that there's no like hype behind it there's no like oh my god he did it like there's no excitement really in our sports just a lot of stagnation and I think um that that's got to change to more of a festival style bigger class um event and that's when you're going to see the return on investment that i think everyone's looking for moving to kind of another like aspect of that whole thing dude we were at an event every single weekend and when we first mm-hmm. started talking here you like talked about sean murray coming out and yeah. jerry nunn coming out and you know obviously i want events every week because i want to work yeah. Yeah, but, yeah of course but at the same time like a guy like you when when do you get to go on that tour and go and meet with the with the people buying yeah the you boats don't and- you don't that's the thing like we have so many events right now that um if you want to win the wakeboard world series you got to go to all 12 or 11 events whatever there was you want to win the pro tour you got to go to all five events you got to go to masters because i'm the defending masters champ and i'm looking to do that again so you know but you know you got all these events and then there's there's no time to to go out and actually get people into the sport and show them what our sport's about so we spend all this time competing and there's no room to bring in new people. So everyone's just focused on like their their nutshell and their top, you know, top number that they're trying to get to whatever, but no one's, you know, refilling the stock of people that are, you know, rising up. So um I think definitely there's some some room for improvement on that. I'd I'd like to see what's going on in the grassroots scene right now personally. I that's See, I, I don't even know what's going on in anything like that. So it's hard for me to even you know, say agree or disagree because that's how, you know, disconnected the top guys are is I couldn't even tell you the last time I went to a grassroots style event that wasn't sanctioned by one of the bigger, you know, governing bodies and to see what it's like. I know some guys like um, I think Wiley's Wicked Wake Fest um, does like a good job. I've heard of, you know, some guys go and compete there, I think. And, um, you know, I've heard there's, yeah, there's, t- yeah, there's tons of people like there's there's people getting people involved, but the guys at the top of the spectrum 
are not doing a good job of that and myself included. And I've tried to, um, to get some clinics going and I'm at least noticing the problem and trying to, you know, maneuver my way there. But, um, yeah, that's what I definitely like to see happen for sure. Yeah, well, you see, although your focus is contest, it's cool that um, that you're looking outside of the box too. Yeah, not I, th- just I think my focus love. more is trying to like make wake a sustainable sport. Like, I don't think that um, I'm just like some pro wakeboarder that's going to win every contest and then leave. That's that's not really what I want to do or what I'm here for. I think I can really make this sport like um, successful, and I think I can you know give provide jobs for people if I can build something that you know maybe I build a contest that is the new front of you know wakeboarding and this is the way it goes and I can you know I can provide jobs for people or I can give people careers and and then when you think about that you think about like okay like right now there's guys that like do amazing winching stuff and amazing rail videos and stuff like that but those guys hardly are making any money because there's no governing there's no body that can support you know, or like bring in more money and then afford to pay those people to just make videos or to just winch or to just do cool content, you know? Sure. So there's no, there's no real structure of our sport right now. And I think it's a problem. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, you know, as we, as we press forward, you know, it's, it's good to hear that you, that you're talking like this because it shows that you care and, you know, and instead of just sitting back, it sounds like and just talking about it, it sounds like you're actually trying to to you know get your feet in there and and uh, For sure. you know yeah. make make some action happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. You talked about um, like X Games. You talked about like Real Wake um, X Games Throwdown uh, was an event that happened in 2015, and that happened in Michigan in your backyard, and you took a bronze medal at the yeah, event. Yeah, what well, talk talk a little bit about how cool that was. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Um, obviously, I wanted to get the gold, and um, I had a crash in the semifinal round against Shota, and um, unfortunately, yeah, I wasn't able to get into the gold medal match, but to get a bronze medal in front of, you know, that many people in my home state was, was super cool, but... Um, I'm hoping they do that event again because I really want to get that uh, that gold medal. So did, I hope did, so. Didn't they do some sort of X Games throwdown for 2016 this uh, year? It wasn't affiliated with X Games, but it was a throwdown event. But um, from my understanding, it had something to do with the Olympics and the Olympic um, because of all the airtime that the Olympics gets they wouldn't have got the proper airtime that they needed. So. so you didn't get the invite to that one? Uh, no, I didn't get it. That was a double-up contest, and uh, I guess they passed around a ballot of people that were uh, potential invitees, and, yeah, my name didn't make the cut. Um, well, that's because you don't need a double-up. You go wake-to-wake off I think that's right? Yeah, I think so, but I think um, that I was highly underestimated when they made that call. I think... Uh, you know, I can do anything I want to do on the the wakeboard, you know, I've worked, you know, and so, um, how I've, often are you hitting double ups? I mean, I hit them every set. I mean, you got to hit them at the finals at masters and, um, at some of the other events. So, I mean, I'm hitting double ups and I don't, it wouldn't have taken me long to, you know, go out and get one of my doubles off the double up, especially since I can do them so solid wake to wake. So I think that was a bit of a mistake on their part, but, um, hopefully next year we, we see what happens. Yeah. Do you, do you ever get bummed? Like when you get, kind of passed over for some events like no, that? Um, this year when Real Weight came out um, and I saw that I wasn't invited, uh, my girlfriend asked me if I was bummed and I just told her no, that I was um, I was happy for people who have the opportunity to that I had, you know, so it, it's cool to uh, 
to give and let people, you know, have their moments. And I think that, you know, rather than being spiteful and mad that I didn't get invited, you know, it's better to just bring love and, you know, just say, hey, that's cool. You know, you got a great opportunity. It's, you know, and let them have their moment because when I have my, you know, moments, I don't want anyone to be, you know, mad or spiteful or try and take them away from me. I'd rather just, you know, hey, have your moment like this is awesome for you. And no one yeah. can ever take away the fact that you were in the first ever X Games. Yeah, no, def- wake, yeah so. definitely not. So, no, it's cool. Um, I'm, I wasn't bummed. I, I don't really try to get hung up on that type of stuff. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that I get to do in my career and a lot of things I don't get to do. And um, I just try and focus on what I got to do next. Um, I want to I want to talk about your real wake video from 2015. Yeah. Um, you know, there there were definitely and I'm sure you know that there were some people who kind of were talking a little trash just because yours was so boat heavy, mm-hmm. boat influenced and stuff. What what are like you and Harley both your videos were both very boat yeah. influenced yeah. and I think it's cool because to me, I love all aspects of everything that's going on, whether it's cable, winch, riding behind a horse, anything. I like it. But I love the fact when people just go back to the roots and boat is the roots. So how did that make you feel like when you started kind of hearing some of the people? Um, It just doesn't bother me. You know, people can say whatever they want to say. And um, the fact of the matter is I was in real wake and I decided to do it how I wanted to do it. Um, The same with Harley, you know. Um, Anyone can say anything they want, but they unless they were a part of the contest, then it really doesn't matter what they have to say. But I think um, I think it goes back to, you know, everyone and a lot of people in our sport are guilty of um, really not letting people have their moments. And they're really cutting people down and saying, oh, this was stupid. Like, you shouldn't have done this. Like, why is, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I don't think that's the best way that we're going to get our sport to grow. I think. Uh, as an industry, we need to bring more love to each other and, you know, kind of help pick each other up. And like, you know, the the way I try and think of it is like, I guess this analogy makes a lot of sense in my head. So I'll say it and see if it, you know, but like when I think about like going to a contest, I'm not worried about whether I'm going to like win or lose because like if I win, then I win and that's great. But if Corey wins or Harley wins or Tony wins, then they win. And that's vicariously a win for me because it's pushing our sport further and we're maximizing reach through other avenues, you know? So like, I think our sport does a bad job of like pushing people up and saying, you know, like, Hey, this is awesome. Like, check this out. And like, no one's thinking really about the big picture. They're only just thinking about, you know, themselves or their little niche that they're trying to fit into. And I think, um, I think that's a huge problem. So it bothers me more on that level. It doesn't really bother me on a personal or skill set level um i think i'm the best wakeboarder in the world and i can you know do you know anything so um you know if i want to go winch or want to get good at cable i just put the time in and i think i can do it um so for them to say like my part was bad or like whatever it doesn't really you know affect me or like it doesn't really matter but i think on a bigger like bigger picture level it affects our sport as a whole and i think that is more painful than anything they could ever say to me so i've got two things i want to touch on here Mm -hmm. and um hopefully i'll remember them both here but first is if you could go back and redo that like real wake part do you think you would have put do you think you would have done anything different no i don't think i would have done anything different um i gave it my all um i played to my strengths and that's really all you can do you know um a lot of people thought I would have meddled and some even, you know, thought I was worthy of winning. So, um, to me, that's a win in general. And, um, I forget Chris Abadi, I think won the, the, the 2015. So, um, you know, and I don't think he had anything behind a boat, right? Yeah, no. So, I mean, you can't really, it's just, it's just all speculative and it's people's opinions really. So, um, no, I don't think I would have changed anything. I played to my strengths and, 
I did the best I could, and that's all I can ask for. No, and and the other thing I wanted to touch on was you, you know, you you were kind of mentioning how sometimes people like don't let them ha- like let let other riders right. have their moment or anything like that, and how it, kind of in a way it just seems like like you know maybe you know I don't I don't want to like put words in your mouth or anything, but maybe like some riders or whatever are just focusing more on themselves or whatever. Yeah. Um, but don't you think that could be just because the window of opportunity it's is small. so small. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's definitely a reason. You know, um, I think our sports in such a small position right now that you know everyone's kind of fighting for every dollar they can get, or you know everyone's worried about you know what the future's going to hold. And so, rather, I, I definitely think you're right for sure. I think I think it goes back to um, the sport as a whole. And like I said, there's no. Um, there's no like company or like organization that like is making tons of money and like making wakeboarding really popular. And then if wakeboarding ever gets to that spot where it's really popular, then all the companies can afford to pay someone to just winch or pay someone to just do cable and they see a return on investment. But because it's so small, they want to give all their money to the guy who's going to get the most exposure and do the most for the return on investment. And you know, like I honestly think one thing that we're missing is, um, you know, at, at, state champions is basically you know yeah. ambassadors like local ambassadors yeah. it's just too often there's a so, lot of holes in our community and well, because yeah. it just seems like as soon as anybody becomes best on their lake they move down to orlando mm-hmm. to become a professional and then yeah. they either get caught up in the party scene or then they or they realize like hey wow i'm not uh, quite up what to I thought it was, yeah. or what everyone says. You yeah, know? that's what's cool. I think about like Raf and Ollie Jerome. You know, like they still are up in Canada. You know, pushing their scene, and so um, that's something I'd like to do for sure. Now that I've really established myself, is um, be able to go home and and push the scene there. I think there's enough wakeboarders in Orlando that I don't need to be here all the time. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I would like to to be able to do is to go home and um, try and push the scene up there for sure. Hey, folks, want to stop and take a moment here and congratulate the recently named Alliance Wake Rider of the Year, CWB team rider Josh Twelker. Well, from competing in some of the biggest events in the world, his part in Dog Days, his memorable 2016 Real Wake part, and a style that rivals even the greatest riders of all time. Josh Twelker no doubt earned it this year, and if you want to ride with style like Josh, then you have to check out the standard, the Josh Twelker Signature Pro Model from CWB. Offering a continuous rocker along with tip-to-tail carbon tape, you'll get a consistent ride every time. But that extra boost off the wake when you really need it to poke or tweak out that trick for maximum style. Have a look at www.ridecwb.com for more details on the standard and the entire line of CWB board company products. Again, that's ridecwb.com, R-I-D-E-C-W-B.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with my guest, CWB rider, Dirty Mike Dowdy. Hey, Mike. One question that I get from a lot of listeners uh, when talking to the riders is how they like weight their boats down. And I yeah. know, like factory wise, um, your boat comes pretty much set, uh, yeah. you know, the way any champion needs it to be set. Yeah. But I'm guessing you're you're also doing a little something a little special. Can you talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I actually don't put like a ton of extra weight in my boat, like 
kind of a few years ago I was running my wake like like huge like as big as it could go and um when I started really wanting to do well in contests I just decided that um I don't want to show up to an event and think that the wake is small so I actually keep the stock ballast full in my boat and then I weighted exactly how it's weighted at the contest um so I talk to the guys like pre-event and make sure I get all the weight and everything worked out so like what are you putting in there uh what I have in there now is I just have um I think they're 550s in the back maybe they're either 550s or 750s and then like a thousand in the nose and that's like pretty similar to what they're running at the events I know a lot of guys um are running bags under all the sides and you know but I just try and keep my wake similar to what I'm going to be competing on it's actually yeah 750s in the back lockers and then just like a uh, triangle bag in the nose and, and that's it now that you can do like all this crazy stuff behind big wakes and yeah do you do you think you could do it behind smaller wakes now yeah i actually um before i went to a contest over in china i um i was running my wake at just stock ballast and i was able to do moby dick sevens and double back rolls and heel nines and um harley actually has a video on his facebook where he was like out on the lake and was watching me ride so he like did like a chase boat with like a live facebook video and i'm doing like doubles and heel nines just behind stock ballast so i mean um it's really all just what you're accustomed to you know i rode the the wake stock ballast for four days and then was able to pretty much do every trick that i can do behind a big wake um behind you know a smaller wake so yeah definitely so like now that you have gone out and proved that multiple doubles multiple 1080s are are um you know able to be done wake to wake and mm-hmm. so many other riders have um you know when when will we see that curve kind of move to to these bigger tricks you know because i i remember you know when i first moved to florida in 2002 ish um you know you saw a toe 900 go down wake to wake it was insane if yeah. you saw like heel nines go down it was just the best Ridiculous. day of your life yeah. you know yeah. and now we're seeing guys go uh, switch toe, regular toe, heel nine, like yeah. switch heel nine, yeah. you know, it, uh, and this is happening in, in all the contests. But when are we going to start seeing, like, and we're starting to see more and more of the doubles in contests, mm-hmm. but when are we going to start seeing it, like, on the reg, like, everybody doing that? Yeah, well, I know that this year um, there was a lot of double flips. Like, I was doing du- double back row every event, and even in the semifinals I was doing it. So it's definitely becoming more popular. Um and with the wakes increasing in size, there's going to be guys that, you know, there's a kid named um, Deco from Brazil, and he can do double indie tantrums, you know. So it's definitely um, making its come around for sure that, you know, doubles are kind of the way of the future for competing as far as boat events go. And uh, I think you saw it a little bit last year, and you saw it more this year, and it's just going to keep going. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it man, it, it certainly has been, been fun to watch. And, um you know, obviously, with with the help of the the wakes from all the different yeah. boat manufacturers, man, it just it just makes things exciting. But you know, another thing that that um, that well, I just want to touch on here too is with those big wakes. You know, obviously, we've seen some you know some guys go out there and just get crushed, and you right. know, some injuries are, yeah. are happening and whatnot. I mean, obviously, with the progression of sport, you know, there's a progression of everything. But when is when is it going to be like too much? You think? I don't really know. I'm not really one to to speculate because I'm always the one that's at the forefront of trying to, you know, see what's next. So uh, I can't really say, you know, when enough is enough. But uh, I think injury, like you said, is part of sport. And um, it's happened in every sport. Guys get hurt, you know, 
and a lot of it has to do with mental, you know, where you're at mentally at the time you get hurt, you know, how's your body, you know, are you tired or are you like unhealthy or, you know, so there's a lot more that goes into it than just like all these wakes are huge. You know, there's, there's so many minute details that a lot of people think like, oh, it's the wakes are too big, but it's really has nothing to do with that. You know, I was probably, when I blew out my knee, it was mostly because I hadn't been going to the gym and I had only been riding for two weeks after like a month and a half break, you know? So like, um, there's just a lot of things that people like say, but they don't actually realize what's really going on, I guess. Hey, so I was uh, creeping your Instagram, I don't know, a month or I don't know what it was. Yeah. Or maybe I wasn't creeping. Maybe I was just looking down the feed. Yeah. Who knows? That's called creeping. Yeah. <laughs> we all do it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I saw you uh, traveling in some nifty suit heading to like Los Angeles for some Red yeah, Bull yeah, stuff. Yeah. What, what's going on, man? Yeah, I got to go out to the um, Red Bull headquarters, and that was my first trip out there. Most of the guys get that done within like a year, but I've been on, um, on the team for f- almost four years now, and that was my first trip out there. So I got to go out there, and I lined up to train with um, one of the trainers there named Tyler. And uh, that got set up through Red Bull. And, yeah, I went out there and just did some training. And I stayed in an apartment down the street from the um, headquarters. And, yeah, it was amazing. That that place and the facility and everything is, is so crazy. And when you walk in there, it's just like you get hit with, like, a wave of greatness of how much stuff is like, you know, how many great people are there and how much, you know, great athletes have been there and, you know, all the things that Red Bull does. So, yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. And I'd love to make it out there as often as possible. So, like, what kind of what is being a Red Bull athlete obviously opens the door to a lot of advantages and, yeah. and you you're a guy who focuses on your health and your fitness and everything like that yeah. so like what are what were the I'm sure they had you attached to machines yeah, and all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so I was doing, like, um, endurance testing, and every uh, I would be at, like, a certain um, wattage of uh, – I was on a bike, and I was pushing certain watts, and um, every four minutes they'd prick my finger and then up the watts, and they were testing for um, breakdown of muscle, you know, soreness or whatever. And so that's the one thing that I really got from there is that I, they did all these tests and basically I need to work on my endurance is what the, what the bottom line was. So I ended up, when I got home, I ended up buying a road bike. I'm looking forward to once I can get back on the bike, really nailing into my endurance and um, just one more aspect of, you know, my game that I can improve on. So cool. Off the water in Orlando, are you training a bunch too? Uh, yeah, I have a um, trainer named Justin. Uh, a lot of the guys here train with him. Um I hear you go boxing too a little bit or yeah I like I was doing some boxing stuff but um my trainer actually trains jujitsu and so I think once I once I'm able to I'm gonna go train Muay Thai at the same gym he goes to start rolling around a little bit yeah they say jujitsu is a bit more dangerous because it's kind of like an all-out type thing and they say Muay Thai is a bit more reserved so I would just do the Muay Thai just since it's uh um more for training I've also saw like some of your Red Bull teammates like Massey and yeah. Grubb have been going on some amazing trips outside mm-hmm. of the States. Have you done anything cool like that with Red Bull? Any cool trips? Um, I haven't done any trips yet, but we actually just tried to do a shoot with the Supermoon, and we ended up getting a cool photo. We didn't quite get what we were trying to nail, but I'm not going to really give up the details because that's still kind of a work in progress. Um, and I'm lining up some stuff for next year. Um but yeah, those guys have done some crazy stuff. You know, kudos to them. They do all sorts of cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I haven't got to go and do any super cool trips yet, but we have some stuff in the works for, for next year, so it should be fun. Hey, remind me some of the OG riders that you kind of looked up to. Yeah, Danny Harf was like the biggest person I looked up to. I mean, like 
to win the X Games four times, you know, is pretty crazy. And granted, we don't have the X Games right now, so it's not really a platform that we can, you know, go and we can kind of compare ourselves to Danny Harf. But um, to me, you know, just the way he carries himself, you know, his style on the water, off the water, you know, he's just just a cool guy that I, I always looked up to. Um, and yeah, Murray, obviously, I think Murray's like one of the best ambassadors for our sport. And um, there, there's just tons of guys. And, and, and it comes to with different phases of my career, you know, like to where right now I might be looking up to more of like a Sean Murray style rider to where, you know, maybe a year ago I was looking up to like a Danny Harf. And then like four years or five years before that, I was looking up to Harley Clifford because I hadn't quite hit that level yet. So uh, it definitely comes with uh, maturity and career growth. I think you start looking to different people to mentor you. And um, yeah, but you know, I think all the guys are inspiring on some level and I can try and take you know fragments from everyone and you know just try and promote the sport it seemed like for a period of time there it was like everyone was chasing phil sovin then everyone was chasing phil sovin and harley then everyone was chasing harley mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you broke out onto the scene and you started putting it together in the pro division now this season you have Tony Iacone. Yeah. You have Corey Tunison. You have Nick Rappa. You yeah. have J.D. Webb, a veteran who is still pushing. You have Dean Smith. Um, I mean, competitive-wise, it the sport's at the highest level of all time. But do, yeah. you, do you feel like finally we are back at a place where um, there's multiple people who could be champion at any given weekend yeah i think so i think as far as um physical skills go that uh, there's a lot of guys that are at the same level um but i think what a lot of guys lack is a focus like on the inside and um i think that's something that i really bring and i know i know harley brings it but he doesn't bring it on like maybe a conscious level i think he's just like almost like he's good because he was destined to be good and for me it was like i had to learn like skills to make myself you know perform when the pressure's on um so yeah i think as far as skill level like riding there's guys that any weekend can take it but i think some guys you know don't have the focus or they're focused on the wrong things and they're not really um moving in the best direction and luckily for me i've found a way to navigate through my my mind and you know be able to uh to get what i want and so yeah i don't know um I mean, at any given day, you know, anyone's bringing it, so we'll just see. Do you, like, feel like as you're kind of growing up and maturing that, like, I don't know, I, I felt I felt like when you first moved down to Florida, you were a little bit more to yourself. Yeah. And not really riding with as many people, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, I, I don't think it was hurting you necessarily on the water, yeah. but I think that sometimes people may have had the wrong impression of who Mike Dowdy was. Yeah, I think they do now, too, you know, like, I think a lot of people think I'm just some, like, jackass guy that just talks a lot of and yeah that's true but it's something that I like really believe you know like I live by like the law of attraction and I think that it's like so real like to the point that like you know any given moment like you're creating your future you know so like anything I do and anything I try to do is you know like moving that direction and so I think that definitely people get the wrong impression of me like like 100% and I think if they just really took the time to like understand where I'm coming from and understanding that I just want to help people be better versions of themselves then I think everyone would you know kind of be like oh man he's really in it to like help people and help the sport and yeah I don't know I think people get the wrong impression of me but I can't you know control what people think and I'm just going to keep doing me and keep whooping ass and looking good. Dude, well, okay. Since since we're kind of going there, I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna go here. Yeah. Um, the last movie that Kilgus put out. Yeah. Prime Wake movie yeah. by Sean Kilgus came out, and 
there was a part in there with you talking and that certainly stirred a lot of yeah, talk yeah. amongst the riders yeah. uh I don't. I can't remember exactly what it was that you said, but yeah. something on the level of um, not what was it that you don't liking respect? and disliking and respecting other riders. or Something, something with respecting yeah. to other riders or whatever. And yeah. I don't know. I felt like maybe when I think maybe the words kind of got twisted when they yeah. released the the yeah. video, but yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, it definitely came from a place of um, first off, I was injured at the time, so. Uh, to watch my competitors, you know, take something that I was working, hard, you know, toward um, is how I viewed it. And, you know, that was probably not the best way to view that situation. And so um, it came from, you know, a place of me being kind of jealous and angry or, you know, whatever, I guess. A little bitter, perhaps. Yeah, a little bitter. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. And But then it also came from um, a lot of the fakeness that comes with our sport. You know, there's a lot of, like, glamour and guys, like, acting like they're homies and not homies. And I just don't have time for the bull. You know, like I'd want to like keep it real and, you know, my friends be my friends and the people who aren't my friends, well, you know, sayonara, you know, it's just like, I want people who are going to be true and keep it real. And I think there's a lot of um, fakeness that comes with our sport. And I think uh, there's not too many people that, you know, really go try and, you know, unmask it and really say, this is what's real. And this is what's kind of an illusion that people seem to think is real. How soon after Prime came out, did you start hearing people Oh, like immediately, yeah, like immediately. And people still do, you know? And that's the other thing, like, our sport's so small, but me saying that went even into other sports. Like, I heard, like, surfers and talking about it, you know? So, like, me saying that was almost like a marketing stunt that went further than that movie even, you know, could have gone, you know? So, like, you know, when you think about, like, oh, he's a jackass, why would he say that? Well, that actually went to more ears and probably put more eyes on wakeboarding than anything else that was done maybe that entire season, Maybe um, also it maybe you know helped kickstart a couple of guys you know yeah for sure i think i mean i saw a huge jump in a lot of guys games and um you know for me i think you you know i think a lot of guys are recognizing like they need to put in the work to to get where they want to go and i think that's what i'm trying to unmask that this isn't just some you know sport where you can just you know drink beer and eat pizza all the time and come up and you know take from me or take from another guy that's going to be good you know like you have to put in the work and so I think I'm trying to unmask a little bit of that and just kind of keep it real and um you know everything that's fake just let it go and I think uh but I do think what I said in that movie went a lot further than people think and yeah it was probably wasn't the best comment and I probably looked like a jackass but I think it you know it went further than what a lot of people it doesn't get the credit it deserves pretty much you know is what I think but uh, you know, it definitely was um, a mix of me not, you know, being being bitter that I was injured, and and uh, yeah, that's kind of. You're not taking it back either. No, I, I mean, I I love a lot of guys in wakeboarding. And that's not really what I meant. You know, like, I mean, there's so many guys I look up to. There's so much inspiration, and I've grown a lot since that movie's come out. So I I tr- tend to look at things differently, and um, but I just kind of think that you are where you are when you're supposed to be there, kind of thing. You know, like everything. There's no coincidences that I said that or that you know like everything lines up the way it's supposed to line up and so um i don't take it back because i i just don't believe that that's really right, a thing, you don't but. necessarily have to because you kind of came and backed it up yeah, so. yeah i guess so yeah so uh, any are there any rivalries right now in wakeboarding like and and you included like yeah. i don't know like i i remember growing up in, in water skiing and there's always you know rivalries like, yeah. you know like slalom ski rivalries yeah. or like jumper yeah. rivalries yeah um 
I think that that's something that wakeboarding is missing a lot of. And that's something I'm also trying to bring to the table is like, you know, bring some excitement to the forefront, you know, like make guys talk to each other so that people are engaged to see who comes out with the win and see who's true to their word and see who, you know, has put in, you know, more work or whatever you want to call it. I think that um, that's something that other sports do a lot of is, you know, creating like the tension and the drama. And I think wakeboarding, like being such a buddy, buddy, like, bro, how you going sport? I think uh, I think definitely, you know, can hurt our sport in the long run. And I think rivalries are something that's natural to competition. Um, as far as like at the moment, there's no real serious rivalries. But with me, I've always had a rival just, you know, with kind of myself you know I just I try and take myself head on and I think you know that's something that I try and embrace and I think that that reflects onto other people and hopefully raises their game and you know creates a rivalry that way and I don't know you know we'll see what happens this year because there's a lot of good guys and Harley's coming back from injury and you know We'll see what shakes out. Uh, another guy from the Midwest, just like you and myself, who's been uh, really having, well, who had the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he won the Alliance Rookie of the Year coming up here. Yeah. Oh, he won He won Alliance Rookie of the Year. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he wins Rider of the Year, Gunther Oka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you ride with Gunther at all? Yeah, uh, during the off season we ride a bunch. Um, he actually used to live here last year. This is where he lived. Um, so I was riding with him a bunch last year. But, yeah, I mean, Gunther's completely smashing it. Like, he's unbelievable. Um, he won Junior Worlds behind the boat. Yeah. And then he won Worlds in traditional and features on the cable. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, he's on track to be one of the first people to ever control um, boat riding and you know cable riding and he, and he doesn't really put a, as much time as people would think behind the boat so um yeah he's on track to be you know great his great. his tricks are are pretty unique the way he yeah. does them like what would happen if that kid put you know if he was able to split his time yeah i don't know uh, i can't really say I, the only person i've seen successfully do it and do it at the highest level is Raph. Um, to where he can, you know, compete and win a boat contest and compete and win a rail contest at the same time. Um, no one's really been able to do that yet. Uh, and I think Gunther's on track to do that, but his boat skills, I don't think, have quite evolved to that level. But he's very close, and with a little bit of, you know, extra work, he'll be, you know, the next guy that can do both control the boat and control the cable at the same time. And that'll be an exciting time for sure. Yeah, you, you think he'll ever be, uh, you think he'll he'll ever uh, be on your coattails I think it's likely yeah I think if he wants to be he can do whatever he wants so um, but he'll have to work really hard and we'll see what you know we'll see hey what's going on with CWB yeah everything's great I'm actually releasing my second pro model uh, new shape and yeah I'm really really stoked on the way it came out um, the guys worked super hard to to get it to me and yeah I mean I love it and I'm I'm, I'm stoked with everything who are some of like your CWB teammates that you're that you're like stoked to you know to be a part of yeah. it with tony for sure um he's kind of a no-brainer but tony iaconi yeah tony iaconi um ty hyam uh he's on the team right now i think he's in the next you know one of the next kids up and coming that's going to be really good for the sport um and yeah i mean there's just so many good guys it's it's hard to you know pick and choose you know the, the, the cwb team's got some some depth to it do you think that the brand like like gets overshadowed for some reason it probably does there's some brands that have like more hype behind them and i don't think they necessarily make better product but um you know i don't know i don't know if uh i don't really know what to say about it i'm not a not a huge company guy and i don't know you know the ins and outs of running a, a business like that so i can't say why but i'm i'm sure there's a reason and 
you know, there's always things to improve on. So, but the product is awesome. I mean, yeah, the product's you know second to none. So, um, it's not like you're riding something different than what they're <laughs> no. releasing to the. I just look in your garage and you got a stack yeah. of yeah, new yeah. boards there. Yeah. Um, no, it's definitely not like, and there's no tricks or games where I'm riding something completely different than what's being sold. But um, I think at a company level, there's probably some improvements that can be made. But I think that happens with every company, and you know, and so who knows? Um, but yeah, their product is second to none, and the guys there are awesome to work with, and they're, you know, they're super nice. I actually had a I had a kid that messaged me and had a problem with his CWB boots, like something, you know, something weird. And I was like, oh, let me see what I can do. And I emailed the guys, and they they, they set up to like have the kid just send his stuff back. And got so you're kind of customer stuff. service now. Yeah, sort of. I mean, he emailed me, and I was just like, man, I, I can help this kid out. So I just, you know, emailed the guys, and, you know, they made it right with him. And Careful what you cool. say. Now everyone's going to be kidding. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, Soon uh, I'll be getting hit up about Red Bull and yeah. tea and then, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, customer service side. Um, 2017, uh, real quickly, like what? what is your main focus as of right now? Um, I haven't really sat down and taken much time to really think about what I want to do. Um, you know, I definitely want to back up what I did this year. And, and I think what's, what set me apart this year was my mental game. And I think that's something that I keep evolving with and keep working on. And, um, I'm excited to see where that takes me. Um, and I really, I'm working on an event that I think is going to be really good for wakeboarding. That's going to come out 2018. And so having a game plan 2017 is, you know, the goal right now. And so that's another huge focus. And, um, I'd like to go back to the Masters and, you know, do a two-peat. So I think those three things are kind of uh, kind of what I'm focusing on. Very cool, man. Uh, how's, your, how's your brother doing? Yeah, he's good, yeah. I don't Unfortunately, I don't get to talk to him as much as I'd like, but um, he's over in Kuwait and everything's good. He's he's at a base and he hasn't gone on any missions or done anything crazy yet, so he's kind of bummed. But um, he actually talks to Keith Lyman a fair bit. Um, he had some questions because my brother wants to be a ranger. And so I set up like a three-way, you know, text message kind of thing with um, me, Kyle, and and Keith. And so my brother uh, wants to be a ranger, and he was going to go into ranger school uh, like after he graduated basic training. But the way the laws or the rules are now is you only get one try to do it, and if you fail, you can't do it again. And that rule changes every now and then, I guess. So uh, he wanted to get some experience under his belt before he gave that a shot. So um, he comes back in March, and then I think he goes for one more. Or, um, or he comes back in March and he, they maybe will send him back or like it's very close to when he's, his like term is supposed to be up anyway so he might be done and then he can go into ranger school but that's his ultimate goal is ranger school so very cool well yeah. best, of, best of luck to him for and sure. uh, yeah man we're just you know stoked for you and everything yeah, like you. that last time I saw you you were um, on the back of a golf cart pulling away with uh, some security guards uh, chasing yeah, you. Yeah, you guys yeah. get in trouble out there in Pentagon? No, no, yeah, we actually didn't get in trouble. Like the um, the golf cart, like the guy was taking too long, and we were obviously like, you know, celebrating. Yeah, we were celebrating, and um, the guy was taking too long. So I, I, someone knew how to turn the batteries on, and they flipped it, and I got in the driver's seat, and we just we bailed, and then we ended up getting stopped like up the street, like on the way to our room, and the guy like stood in the middle of the road and kept asking us like what we're doing and he was trying to be all serious and we were just like laughing and just you know dicking around and he like finally started laughing too and was like all right where are you guys going like you know no we didn't get in trouble it was pretty funny <laughs> we were we were worried about you i i was like pretty late and uh yeah i was 
I was uh, hoping that you guys were going to be all yeah, good. Yeah, we man. didn't get, we got stopped like at the end. You know how it had that like long like driveway into the compound? We got yeah. stopped like right there and then the guy like just jumped in. And Did you get any karaoke done that night? I think with Ollie I got a little bit done, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I had a lot of dancing, a lot of karaoke. It was a good we'll night. We'll just say a lot of celebrating. Yeah, celebrating for sure. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Dowdy, uh, real fast sponsor, social media. Yeah, um, just want to say thanks to CWB, Nautique, Billabong, Red Bull, Biwake, and CTI. Uh, find me on social at Dirty Mike Dowdy, uh, Mike Dowdy on Facebook, at Dirty Mike Dowdy on Twitter. And yeah, thanks, Dano. Hey, man. Thanks a ton. All right. Boulder Boats is your Southwest connection to Malibu and Axis Boats and offers the largest selection of pre-owned towboats in the world. With two locations serving the Las Vegas, Nevada and Phoenix, Arizona areas, Boulder Boats will blow your mind with their large inventory of new and used boats. Aside from offering everything you need to get on the water this year, Boulder Boats takes top honors in customer service. From start to finish, the crew at Boulder Boats will make you feel like family. Boulder Boats accepts trades and offers shipping worldwide. Boulder Boats is always looking for gently used boats, so don't gamble with your time on the water this year. Check out boulderboats.com for the sure win. That's boulderboats.com. Woodrow's is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrow's handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at Woodrow's.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W O O D R O Z E dot com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. All right, well, a big thanks to Mike Dowdy over there. In my second guest of the year, my first guest ever, though. It's cool. You know, I'm serious when I say I'm really looking forward to what Mike is going to do this year. I know he wants that world title and, of course, the repeat at the Masters. He's so driven, but it's not going to be easy. I have a feeling we got a couple of juniors moving up into the pro ranks this year, as well as uh, the return of the phenom Harley Clifford. Uh, of course, you know, Corey Tunison and Tony Iacone. So many heavy hitters this year. It's going to be a heavy year, no doubt. You know what? I can't wait, and I hope you guys follow along all season long. As far as upcoming events, nothing on the cards right now, at least for the uh, next month or two. Uh, Nothing I'm going to announce publicly, but as soon as I get that schedule, I will, of course, release those dates and let you guys know. Now, with that being said, if you're interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, hey, Maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast, or you just want to ask me a question in general. Maybe you want to give me some feedback. Well, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Guys, I'm on iTunes. I want to make sure that you guys find me and subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes. Please rate and review the show. Uh, It means a ton. 
I'm currently uploading the Golden Mike Podcast archives on SoundCloud, so please check us out there as well. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page with all your friends. They'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate it. One more thank you to Dirty Mike Dowdy. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, Go Puck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Jenna Hamill on the web, Rich Walsh on the audio, and that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening, guys. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast. (laughs) 